Welcome back, Star Wars fans, to another episode of Coruscant Radio Underground, presented by thesciencefictionary.com. This is Andrew. I'm here with Marisha. Hello. And we're going to talk a little bit about... uh, What are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about all the things we're going to talk about. Well, I mean, obviously, we still have to talk about the rise of Skywalker because, you know... We've got to. And there's also, there have been some more interviews with cast and crew. So there are some things that we didn't know when the movie came out. Um, We've got some news about Billy Lord's involvement in the movie that's uh, kind of exciting. And we'll speculate about what we think is coming next. We're going to talk a little bit about some, some of the word about town, about what's coming next. So, yeah, I think it should be fun. All right. Let's start with kind of the, the little bits of news we have. Making Star Wars reported that they have an inside scoop on what's coming next in Star Wars. The word is that they're looking to go High Republic era, um, which is kind of a, a new word that has kind of been getting thrown around in some of the supplementary, supplementary materials. I think they referenced it in the Dooku novel and apparently in the new Kylo Ren comic. They've talked about it some supposedly they're looking for a slightly different model. They're looking to go more in spite of everyone saying loudly and frequently that this isn't the MCU. It's a different thing. Supposedly they're looking for a more MCU kind of model where they're going to have a lot of standalone stories that interconnect. Yeah. So you don't have to watch everything, but it will obviously all make more sense together. And then we'll have some grand finale sort of um, stories to kind of tie everything together. Yeah, and that makes sense. And I, I think, is there some speculation that the ongoing Project Luminous is part of this? So apparently there was a panel or something at Celebration last year that discussed Project Luminous. And Zero Dot HU uh, ran an article that kind of detailed all the things that are supposedly going on with Project Luminous. It was announced that Claudia Gray, Justina Ireland, Daniel Jose Older, Kevin Scott, and Charles Soule are working on a joint project called Project Luminous. Like I said, it was something that was announced at Celebration, but it's something that they also haven't really said anything about since then. Supposedly supposed to be set three to four hundred years before the Skywalker saga, and the plot would involve a group of Jedi setting out to explore the then unknown regions of the galaxy. So this is this is all from that article on uh on Zio. So that's pretty much It falls in line. It all kind of connects. Um and you know you can you can always Google those things and and find them pretty easily if you want to read the whole article. But well, some of the some of the right Charles Soul in particular, I, some of the others may have as well. He's the one I noticed on Twitter, kind of talking about Project Luminous. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's some stuff about Project Luminous in the Making Star Wars article as well. Yes, that this may be reference that the that the pro, that Project Luminous may be our introduction to this new. It era. looks like it may be our kind of tie-in stuff, you know, our video supposedly video games. Yeah, and- supposedly there's a video game that's already well into development that we don't know about. I mean, I I think I'd be down for that. I don't play video games, but I, I tend to watch a lot of them because my husband is an avid gamer. Um and I know I really enjoyed the story for uh, Fallen Order. I thought they did a good job. I'd really like to see them do something else along those lines, honestly. Yeah, Fallen Order was fun. Uh, story games are fun, and and I would be I would be 
perfectly fine with a story-based game set in that era just to give us a, a feel of, of that era. I'm still hoping at some point that we get some other types of games. I still think that we need a new canon open more of a canon open world game like battlefront but better no more more along the lines of a, of a rpg okay. something uh where you can immerse yourself creature your on character immerse yourself in the world and those games have been out there i mean mm-hmm. uh you know we had the old republic was out but it, it none of that is canon material Right, And you can only do so much canon as when you're creating your own character, but you can at least allow... You can have parameters. Yeah, you can allow players to immerse themselves in a world that exists within canon. Yeah. They, they can't alter canon, but they can have their own adventure. Right, as long as it doesn't alter the major cosmic events of the galaxy. Right, but that's where you put characters in, and they're not playing main characters. They're not playing... Right. story characters right they're they're playing and creating their own adventure so is this i don't really remember the timeline very well but whenever we got that backstory on the dark saber from uh rebels about when was that supposed to be set uh i think that that was significantly before but i don't okay. know there seems to be some slight tinkering with the timeline in in relation to between Legends and canon, um, where some things that we thought happened, you know, in in Legends, we would say they happened 4,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. And maybe in canon, they only happened so many hundreds of years ago. Right. So it's really, this is where they're going to really have to establish their timeline. Right. And how far back the Republic actually goes. Well, I mean, we got to go back at least a thousand generations, right? Yeah, I don't know exactly what they're going to do with the timeline here. Mm-hmm. I'm very interested in this idea of the High Republic, which I'm assuming means we're going to see the Republic at their at its peak before mm-hmm. it starts to crumble. Yeah, well, I mean, basically, we're going to see Rome during its pre-Empire days, you know, as opposed to the kind of crumbling edifice you get under Nero and Caligula, which is kind of where we've landed by the time we get the Phantom Menace. Right. Which, honestly, for me, that's exciting because that means we're going to get some super cool costumes. Yeah, probably. So I'm looking forward. And as far as the games go, I think the most the one that makes the most sense for launching a new era is another story-based game. Um, that may depend a little bit on exactly how good... I haven't looked at the numbers, and I'm not totally sure how well Fallen Order did. Hmm. And um, it, was, it seems like it was pretty well-received. It was Overall. yes. It was it was definitely uh, well liked. My six year old nephew is a fan. <laughs> so, the only other game that I want, like eventually, and I know there are some people that really enjoy Battlefront Two. Mm-hmm. I just I never could get into it, and I keep going. I go back to it every once in a while because I'll hear things. Oh, they've improved it. Because it's a Star Wars game, you want it to be your thing. It's a fun shooter to log on to. With some friends, but it's a very casual shooter. I enjoy a little bit more of a competitive shooter, you know, having played Halo and Call right. of Duty for years. Yeah. Um, playing Apex Legends now. I, I would really prefer something a little more of a competitive shooter than where we're worried about what characters are roaming around the map during the match. And, right, right, yeah. And 
<clears throat> honestly, the physics in Battlefront are just not great. I did enjoy the first one a lot better than I enjoyed the second one, oddly enough. Um, I felt like they took a step backwards. Yeah, that's never the direction you want to go in technology. No, but that that honestly, that's the trend in shooters right now. That was the mistake Halo made years ago. That's the mistake that Call of Duty has made for the last few years. That they built up to a point, and then they started going, now we're going to give you an old school Call of Duty. It's like, right. I, we yeah, don't want to, we don't want to go backwards. We want Right. We If we want to do that, we can then just retrovit the our old games where we can play them on our new devices. Exactly. But, you know, they don't make extra money doing that. Why would they do that? They just want to make a throwback game, make you pay for it twice. Right. We're looking at 500 years, four or 500 years before, in what we're now calling the High Republic era. Mm -hmm. What movies were rumored? What is rumored in that era? Do we have anything or we just know that's where we're going next? I don't think we've heard anything specific that timeline would would fit that Yoda would still be alive at that point. You know, we don't have we don't have any idea. I mean, who's who's the reigning Sith Lord? Do we have Plagueis? Do we have you know Palpatine? Although maybe Plagueis is is right. before this. You know, so well that that's gonna part of that is how many years do they say in the Phantom Menace it's been since someone saw a Sith Lord. A thousand years? The Sith have been extinct for a thousand years? I mean, I really think that's the line in The Phantom Menace. I think so. But that doesn't mean they haven't been underground. And I mean... That's true, but can you have Jedi facing off with... Oh, probably not. With, but that doesn't mean we have to... It means we could tell two different stories. We could kind of have the underground CD Sith thing happening. Although how you make a movie about just the bad guy in Star Wars, I think is problematic. And I think maybe we'll get into some of those concepts a little later when we're kind of talking themes. Um, yeah, I can see that. But I mean, we've done, it depends on what kind of villain story you're wanting to tell, but I, telling a really dark story about just the Sith and movie form would probably be difficult. It'd be cool, but it, it's going to have a limited audience. Yeah, I don't know. But I'm curious to see where they're going with that. Um, has there been any other news? I mean, there's no news of anything post The Rise of Skywalker. Crickets. Yeah. Um, I think they're just going to leave that for a little while. I think they will, too. And, and there's been a lot of talk here recently about, you know, how do you continue Ray's story? And, of course, God forbid, the people that are on the... <sighs> How do you continue the Ben Solo story? Even though he is dead and disappeared. <laughs> right. I mean, if we're doing that, then by all means, let's resurrect Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi because, you know, they were good characters. If we're bringing back people that are clearly moved on to the Force, then that's just a whole can of worms you don't want to open. Right. Well, there's people that are, are questioning Ben Solo's death because we didn't see his Force ghost at the end of the movie. He disappeared. Poof. Yeah. That's how you know Jedis are dead. <laughs> well, not just that they're dead. Like, we didn't see Jedi disappear. And that they have. Until after Qui-Gon didn't. Right. I always really felt like that created problems. Like, why would you, after you made this whole thing about Jedi disappear, go back and like, oh, but this one doesn't. So now we have to create a reason why. Well, yeah, but I mean, he didn't. and it, And I really think that. At that point in time, the animation and the, you know, all the ideas were, were really tied together. 
uh, for animation and, and live action movies and yeah. the whole idea that Qui-Gon was the one that found his way back. He's the right. one that, that learns this new, although we learn in Yoda's arc in Clone Wars that it's not really new. It's that Qui-Gon sends Yoda on a quest right. to, to learn these things. Right. So, I don't know. Of course, and there's always been the whole, did Anakin, you know, Anakin's body. Right. Like, did it, was that the armor on the funeral pyre or was it the body? I always assumed it was just the armor, but I guess we don't see that for sure. I would be really disappointed if they decided to, like, somehow bring Ben Solo back. Yeah. Um, I know that there are people that don't like it, but I like Ben Solo's end in this movie. It's, sure, I would love to have... It would have been cool to have seen him going forward, but I don't think it worked for his character. I don't think there was a path forward no. where he gets to live free without just disappearing. Right. And, and and we talked about that last week, so I'm not going to get that, that heavy back into that, but people, there are people that are really upset with his ending. And to those people, I would say his ending is the same ending as every other Skywalker in the entirety of the saga. Yeah. Their deaths have all been sacrificial deaths to save other people. Mm-hmm. You know, that's true of, of Anakin, Luke, Leia, and Ben. So if you're looking for a common theme to tie that family together moving forward, what is the Skywalker story? It's one of sacrificial death. Mm -hmm. And sacrificial love. I mean, because ultimately, you know, what what is the greatest sacrifice you can make for someone is to give your, your life to save them. And so ultimately as much pain and death and destruction as the Skywalkers have brought to the galaxy on a personal level, at least they, that's the legacy. The legacy of sacrifices is what they're leaving for the people they love. And so that's not nothing. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. You know, one of the largest religions in the world is based solely on the idea that someone can love other people enough to die for them. You know, so that's that's not a, a novel or a new concept. So excluding Ben Solo from the conversation, the, the story that can be carried forward, like the way I look at it, the two stories you could really carry forward from the, you could do something with Finn. Mm -hmm. I still think that has limited potential, Is even though after our last conversation, I, I feel a lot better about that character. Mm-hmm. I don't really know where you go with Finn's story. You could do something, but is it movie? Is it a movie caliber story? Right. And I don't know. I would love to see Finn's story carried on yeah. in books or comics. Um, I would love to see Finn get his own comic series. Yeah. Going forward from The Rise of Skywalker. Now, Ray's story, one, you have the thing, the whole issue of would Daisy Ridley ever come back and do another Star Wars movie? Not today, I don't but it, think. But it appears that we've left um, we've left off at the end of Rise of Skywalker like we have with every other Star Wars trilogy with all the actors saying, I'm done with this. Yep. Goodness, it took 20 years for Hayden Christensen to show up at Celebration again. And Natalie Portman, 20 years later, will just now finally say Star Wars on social media. 
I mean, it took a long time. I mean, the only person who really seemed to have any interest in Star Wars after the whole thing was over was uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. What would you think the most interesting way to carry on Ray's story currently? Like if we were going to have, if the next movie, if, if three years down the road, we were getting a movie that carried Ray's legacy forward. I think that we basically see her doing the sorts of things that we see Luke Skywalker doing in the the Legends of Luke Skywalker. She's you know, she's looking for answers. She's she's got the ancient Jedi text. She's got her her translator with her and they go on a road trip. They yeah. go because she I think she's got a little bit of perspective to see. I mean, she can look back. She knows all the pieces. She can look back and she can see the mistakes that Anakin and that Luke made. Um, and so hopefully she's in a, in a position to make some better decisions and hopefully recovering from the first order of the galaxy is in a, pos- in a position to maybe do things a little differently than they did last time. Right. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Uh, so if you're going to have, if you're actually going to tell her story right now, then, then that's definitely the way to go. The, the difference is, would be for her and Luke is that Luke has already put her in a position of being able to begin reconstructing the Jedi Order. Right. Where Luke had to track down, there was nothing left. Right. Luke had to track all these things down, but he more or less left them to her. Right. Um, but in his his draw, I mean, she still got R two, and R two presumably still has all of the information ever acquired from Anakin, Padme, Luke, Leia, all of them. So, Although one does have to wonder why he didn't let Luke in on some of those secrets if he had been so involved with the Jedi Order during the whole Anakin thing. Right. So my whole thing is her story moving forward, hopefully Ray's legacy is rebuilding the Jedi Order. So does that make an interesting movie? I mean, it could. You could, I mean, theoretically, you do, could kind of do this sort of interconnected. I mean, she could be Charles Xavier, you know, rounding up the X Men, basically. Yeah. I mean, I, that's, that's proven to be a pretty interesting story. I guess where I would go with it, at least for now, c- considering that Daisy Ridley might not be willing to come back for Star Wars, mm-hmm. at least right now, but she might in 10 years. Right. I think what I would want to see is actually. Ray's legacy mm-hmm. or the legacy of the Skywalkers even. Right. And that Star maybe, Wars legacy. Maybe we jump 150, 200 years ahead mm-hmm. and we see what the legacy that was, that began at the end of Rise of Skywalker is. Yeah. Maybe we don't need that gap filled Mm-hmm. that maybe we we jump forward and we see what they created because anything that has been created from there forward you know from there going forward 150 200 years is ultimately the legacy of of Luke and Ray right you know so kind of my my initial thought is wouldn't it be nice to see that they have kind of created a little more of a Star Wars uh, a Star Trek culture than uh than the one we've always seen in star wars where you always have the that that major conflict but then the problem is you have to go outside somewhere for the antagonist and that hasn't been a huge success right in the past whenever they've sort of tried to introduce although i mean timothy zahn has now 
created a whole new group of antagonists in the throne books that potentially um, they seem pretty like like pretty legit but they're completely out of the scope of our story so maybe 150 years later they finally start having run-ins with all these people that the Chiss have been contending with for so long. We could see what happens to the Chiss at that point. Maybe we could actually get some more really interesting characters there. Yeah. So kind of the way I look at the rise of Skywalker is that, and it's not my favorite thing about the rise of Skywalker and the the legacy that it'll leave, but we'll see where they go, where they go forward. It it may be, it may be great, Mm -hmm. but I feel like what you did is you wiped the, st- the you you used that movie to wipe the slate clean. Right. The ending of that movie eliminates the it, it wipes the Sith back to square one, the Jedi back to square one. There are there is no Republic, there is no First Order, there is no Final Order. They're all toast. Yeah. So I feel like you give us that clean slate, which might have been Disney's ultimate goal. Hmm. It's an expensive roundabout. It is. And and whether it's a good decision or not will be seen down the road. Mm-hmm. But you can now go back and you can tell stories more like some of the old Republic stories, but going forward. Right. You know the rediscovery of the Jedi traditions, and you can right. you can go back. I mean, we we've, we've wiped away things like there's no reason. I, although I don't know if the rule of two is the rule of two actually canon. I believe I don't know. I have a lot of issues with the whole rule of two thing. It's it's kind of weird, and it, it throws some kinks in the uh, story from uh, what we see in Knights of the Old Republic and things like that, but. I would like to see, you know, in Knights of the Old Republic, we saw Sith schools. They were training and... and Like the Jedi were. Just like the Jedi. I think that going forward, it would be very interesting. And I'm hoping that we're going to get a... Actually, you talked about the protagonist or potential... I'm sorry, potential antagonist that Timothy Zahn has introduced. Mm -hmm. I'm also hoping that we're, we're getting real close with some other things that have been going on to the refounding of Mandalore. Yeah, that would be, that's really, really an interesting. I mean, I, I think that that should be the end game for the Mandalorian story is to bring mm-hmm. the Mandalorians back out of the shadows. Right. Because ultimately the longer they exist in the shadows, eventually they're going to be wiped out. You I can't mean, exist in the shadows forever. Yeah. But you can't exist on the fringes for a really long time. You can, but they've already been on the fringes for a while. I mean, we don't really know how long. And they can stay on the fringes for a while, but we see what's happening to whole groups of them right. living on the fringes. Right. Where their, you know, entire enclaves wiped out. Right. I think that going forward with the Mandalorian would be to retake Concord Dawn. Yeah. Presumably Concord Dawn is still there. Presumably. Okay, so here's something I want to see. If we do go back 400 years in the story, I want to see why there are so many desert planets in this galaxy. Because I think there has got to be, a, I mean, for real. It, it's it's unre- It's like, seriously, another desert planet? I think at some point they're going to have to tell us why. What did somebody do that created this many completely worthless patches of 
the right. galaxy. And you you might be able to tell how they got that way or have a character kind of discovering those things. Mm-hmm. I don't think we'll see that because I don't think it's far enough back. Yeah. You got to remember in the Star Wars galaxy, 400 years is a pretty short stretch of time. Yeah. Um, when you've got beings out there that are... 900 years you old. You know, much older than that. So... Mm-hmm. I think that, so in Knights of the Old Republic, there's some illusion that the Sith did something, particularly, we only talk about Tatooine, and we didn't really talk about the other desert planets, but specifically talking about Tatooine in Knights of the Old Republic, there are some illusions that maybe the Sith did something on that planet, Mm -hmm. that it was once a, a green, lush world, and something was done that destroyed the planet right well the, the the train of thought there was you know do we get back and find that concord dawn is now a desert that was kind of where my thought went from mandalorians to desert planets so it could be interesting and i mean i just think there's a lot i don't think that leaving questions open constitutes a plot hole no um but there are a lot of questions i think still that can be addressed and that probably should be. Well, and I think that that's the whole thing. It's a big galaxy, and we should always have some unanswered questions. Mm-hmm. When we're talking about the scope of our sandbox being mm-hmm. that we're both massive in size with many, many, many planets, many which we've never gone to yet. Right. And for thousands of years in each direction. Right. So our sandbox is massive. We should always have unanswered questions. Yeah, definitely. Now, over time, should we see indications to what the answers to those questions are? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But there always need there should always be some mystery. Just like we look back at civilizations that existed thousands of years ago and go, how could humans that existed at that point in time possibly have done these things? Yeah. And you go, well, they were clearly a lot more advanced than. We give them credit, we give them for. credit for. And so, you you know, characters of Star Wars looking back 4,000 years ago, and I mean, even 4,000 years ago, now granted, we haven't seen those eras in canon yet. Mm-hmm. But in Legends, there's not a tremendous amount of technological difference right. in that 4,000-year stretch. You know, when we talk about the invention of things like hyperdrive, I mean, we're talking about... The what we've seen, what little we've seen of that in Star Wars novels and stuff. I mean, they talk about right. that like that's the dawn of creation. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's so far back. It's a huge sandbox, mm-hmm. and so it'll be interesting to see where they go forward. Maybe we'll get to get to see somebody uh, studying the the space whales and learning how to travel through hyperspace. I'm sure everyone would love that so much. I actually think it would be interesting, but I also wore a t-shirt yesterday that said, I love midichlorians. So, you know, maybe I'm not the best gauge of what Star (laughs) Wars fans on the whole would like. Well, no, but I mean, a lot of people really don't like the midichlorians thing. A lot of people don't like it just because. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's it. You actually have really sound reasoning for why you don't mind many Koreans in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Well, not that we're kind of like going very way off topic here, but that's the thing. I don't care what you argue for in Star Wars. Just have good I can have. Good I can make a good case for it. for it. I can make a good case for why Midichlorians don't bother me. Someday we'll talk about that yep. uh, at length. And so if you want, if you also are a fan of Midichlorians, 
or just don't really care that one way, one way or the other, you can get a t-shirt that will offend lots of people. You can go to Tee Public and uh, the Scarif Scuttlebutt has a t-shirt that says, I heart midichlorians. So you should go and find one. All right. So what else have you got? Because we're, we're going to get a little short on time. Yep, yep. Okay. So the other kind of bit of news that kind of came out in the past few days is that apparently the actress that they used for the scene, the flashback scene of Princess Leia was actually Billy Lord. They actually, she's the person that they went and they put, you know, digitally altered her to do that, um, that character. So yeah. that's really something. That is, uh, I mean, that, that scene, it looked really good. Mm -hmm. I know some people are still complaining about the way that scene looked, but it, I thought it looked good. And, you know, it's it's never going to look. I say never. Eventually, it will look perfect when they slap somebody else's face on somebody else's mm -hmm. body. But honestly, how cool for her. Yeah. Well, and that Mark Hamill was the one who was also, you know, that she was playing against. That's, right. that's pretty cool. So, yeah, I wondered how, I mean, I figured, I figured it was just stunt. Um, mm -hmm. you know, some of the stuntmen or, or stunt people that were doing the stand-in there. But no, it was actually Mark Hamill and Billy Lord, which was just really cool. That's really cool. Uh, and I would have to imagine that de-aging, um, you know, for Mark Hamill would probably be easier than completely slapping someone else's face on, Yeah, you know, a, a totally different body. I don't know. I, did they do de did they do it through de-aging? I don't know. See, I, I was thinking, I don't know if they did it through de-aging or if they... Now, what I read about Billy Lord was that they had used footage from previous Star Wars movies, basically. Yeah, I, it sounded like they dug deep into outtakes from Return of the Jedi, specifically. Okay. And then, so basically, we're like, you have to stand this way so that we can put this image of your face on Yeah. Yeah. makes sense. But no, I mean, that was one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Mm -hmm. Well, and honestly, I felt like, now, I'm going to say, I thought that Tarkin in in Rogue One looked like a real person. Like, I, I bought that totally, even in the theater. Now, um, Princess Leia, like, whenever she showed up, I was like, I can see that that's a little digital. However, for this one, it was a flashback. So you expect there to be, you know, the way the lighting was, you kind of expect some things to be slightly less than realistic for a flashback scene yeah. just because of the nature of what it is. Right. Well, and, and Daniel mentioned this when we discussed that scene in our Rise of Skywalker episode was that <clears throat> the lighting mm -hmm. that they chose to use a lot, you know, lighting that was very forgiving. Right. You know, when they did the scene with Leia in Rogue One, it was this bright, mm -hmm. you know, well-lit room. Right. And it it made everything very, stand out very, very much. Mm -hmm. I think that's part of what helped the Tarkin scenes. Most of the Tarkin scenes were in a little darker setting. Yeah. I thought Tarkin looked great. Um, and, you know, when you're digitally creating characters, you're always going to have a little bit, you know, the eyes are always going to be just. Not quite human. Right. Yeah. But again, like I said, for, for a flashback, they always go kind of murky and funny colored anyway. Anyway, I thought, and it's it's one of those, like whenever I saw they had done that, I was like, oh, wouldn't it be cool? Because whenever they first did Princess Leia in Rogue One, I was like, well, please somebody tell me that Billy Lord did that. And she didn't. It was somebody completely different. Um, so I'm glad that they decided to do that this time around. And I... I I would imagine it was kind of special for her, yeah. you know, especially as she's sort of kind of recently come around to um, deciding that maybe Star Wars is cool after all, after, after all these years. So, 
Well, what about, I mean, there's been some rumors floating around about some possible animated series. Really? Yeah. So, you know, Resistance, and I said this back when they said Resistance, that we're going to cut it at two seasons. You're right. You're right. Okay. I know where you're going now. And, yeah. you know, back, even back when that happened, I said, well, they're not doing that unless they've got something else they want to put in its place. They're not doing this in a vacuum. No, but they're, I don't, it takes a lot. I mean, I don't think people get enough credit for how much work goes into these animated series. Oh, for sure. Um, it's, it's a lot of work for a lot of people. Yeah. And so I really felt like when they pulled that one after two seasons, and granted, it's, it's, it's my least favorite of the animated series of the yeah. three. I don't think it's been off the rails successful like the other two were. Uh, well, the story's just not quite as grand. Yeah. And, you know, and I say that, and I know the first thing somebody thought when I said that was, well, it's for kids. And it's like, yeah, it is and it isn't. So was Rebels. And it, it's, the, the animated series have been something that we've always done as a family. Right. And... Well, which all of Star Wars is, and I hope Star Wars remains that mm -hmm. forever, that yeah. it, it's something for families to do together. But mm -hmm. that's why it's lasted so long. Right, for sure. So, but you said whenever they first canceled Resistance, they're working on something else. Yeah, and that seems, there, there's a couple of rumors floating around, and these are just rumors. These are not me saying these are going to happen. These are big time speculation, and we know how mm -hmm. that goes in Star Wars. Yeah. Um, but there's... There's some speculation about a series showing Luke's rebuilding of the Jedi Order. That would be awesome. And I would be very much into that. Mark Hamill's a very good voice actor. Um, he might even be willing to come back and do that. Yeah. Well, I think... That, Especially since he could be the Luke Skywalker he always wanted to be. Yeah. So I would be down for that one for sure. The other one was a tie-in or a basically a sequel series to Star Wars Rebels. Right, right. We get Sabine and Ahsoka doing the, their their jam. Eventually right. find out what happens to uh to Thrawn and Ezra. Yeah. Although yeah. my my question with those things is could those things because those are both rumored. Right. Could those two things in fact be one series? That could be very interesting. We know that Luke has, in this era, has been also trying to explore things in the mm -hmm. outer regions. And um, with the, you know, if Ezra's to come back, right. would he have no involvement with Luke's temple? Same right. for Ahsoka. Right. So, I... Well, and there's also a lot of people having a fit because Ahsoka is one of the voices we heard at the end of that that story and we're like, well, wait a minute. She said she wasn't a Jedi. Well, does that mean that she's dead? So then there's, you know, it's been 40 years. So clearly there's a lot, you know, a lot happens in a lifetime. Right. Um, and the, the other thing is that people are like, well, is she dead? Well, Ahsoka would be pretty up in age. Yeah. By, by the end of the rise of Skywalker. So yeah. maybe Ahsoka's not still, you know, it doesn't mean that Ahsoka was, Killed by a Sith Lord. She just or... gave up the ghost somewhere along the way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, there's all sorts of routes that they could have gone, but it doesn't necessarily mean that Ahsoka's dead just because we heard her voice in that moment. I mean, especially when we've had people communicating. Passing things around through force connections. Uh, right. I'm just saying, I thought it was cool. And the whole thing with, it, one day we need to just do an episode on this specifically is the the whole, I'm not an I'm no Jedi statement. Yes, yes. 
because the the truth of the matter is is that while she rejected the order, the order she was right to do so. Qui-Gon had essentially done the same thing. Right. Not not in entirety, not as far as she went with it, but Yeah, but we definitely see especially in this Master and Apprentice book, um I mean to say toes the line would be a bit of an understatement. <laughs> So I would really like to get into the whole thing because my argument has always been that Ahsoka is absolutely everything that a Jedi is meant to be. However, she couldn't raise the temple. She couldn't raise the Jedi temple. So in spite- But was that because she wasn't a Jedi specifically or because what she tells Kanan is that it takes two, a master and an apprentice? Maybe. Maybe this because she's just a solo act at this point. Whatever that the case may be with all of that, I, I would still argue that she's actually what is presented in Knights of the Old Republic as a great Jedi. Right. And I know we throw that that term gets thrown around to mean like some kind of like you know you're you're a little bit dark side, a little bit light side. It's like right. no, no, it's the great Jedi specifically in Knights of the Old Republic were defined as Jedi who kind of existed outside of the purview of the order. Well, I mean, and again, in religious traditions, you see lots of, you know, you have people who are part of monastic orders, and then you have people who are just their own kind of weird hermit. <laughs> I mean, and that's, you know, that's Buddhists, Hindus, Christians, right? Muslims, that's, that's across the whole spectrum of religious practitioners. You've got people who kind of do the thing with, do the thing with everybody else, and then you just have the weird eccentrics who do their own thing. Yeah, I mean, going forward, I think that the sequel trilogy for Rebels could be interesting. Sequel series? A sequel series, yeah. yeah. A sequel series for Rebels could be interesting, but that by itself, unless you're going to build new characters in along the way, I mean... Because we can't forget that we gave some of these characters. I mean, we know Hera continues on with the New Republic. Yeah. Or with the... The, the Resistance. Rebel, the, well, the Rebels and then into the New Republic. Right. Uh, with the military. Right. Uh, Kanan is dead. Right. We assume that Chopper is still with Hera. And then Ezra's missing. Sabine and Ahsoka go looking for... Mm-hmm. We already gave Zeb an ending. He goes to the new homeworld for his people. Right. With callous. <laughs> of all the weird things. <laughs> oh, like, I mean, like, I would totally watch, like, The Odd Couple. But it's a... With, right. with callous and, and, um, Zeb. and Zeb, yeah. Yeah, but that was actually a good ending for callous because, again, you know, what's his ending if he doesn't just... Right, he's yeah, not a good person. Well, but we see that he's becoming that. But but he has done some terrible but things. But he still has to live with all these things he did. and Right. It removes him from... And he can go somewhere and actually atone for some of the things he's done. He right. can He can... Because since he was one of the people responsible for the genocide there, he can actually be part of the rebuilding. I kind of think... I don't know if either of those rumors is factual. But I'm down for you. I would kind of like to see it kind of merged into one thing. Mm-hmm. I think you can tell both of those stories connectedly. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, because honestly, I don't know that I want Sabine and Ahsoka to be for like, I don't want five seasons of them looking for Ezra. 
I mean, no. I don't think Dave Filoni would do that for five seasons. And I don't think that we're getting a, in a Sabine and Ahsoka story that Dave Filoni is not firmly at the helm of. Oh, no. If if we're getting the... If there's any possibility that we're bringing... That we're going to do a Rebels sequel mm-hmm. series, then it's absolutely a Dave Filoni project. Yep. Resistance has Dave Filoni's name slapped on it because he kind of conceptualized the idea. But it is not... A Dave Filoni project, and you can tell it. So here's the question. Do we want to see Dave Filoni make a new animated series, or do we want to see Dave Filoni be the new person? I think I think that he can do both. I think the, in much the way that George yeah. was. He'll just have to find a new Dave Filoni if he's going to be the new George Lucas. Right. but And that could be fun. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's... Well, I mean, that's what you want to see with people. He needs an like, apprentice passed <laughs> on what you have learned. Right. Right? Well, and, and that's but that's what you want to see with people who are really good at what they do is for them to find that person who mm-hmm. they can train to do what they did. I think we're kind of both out of time and out of topics. Actually, we have a topic, but we're going to get to that next week. So starting next week, we will start. Hopefully, Daniel will be back. There's a chance that Robbie's going to be back. And even though Robbie has yet to watch The Rise of Skywalker or The Mandalorian, what Robbie is planning on bringing to the table is going to be Star Wars role-playing game stuff. You know, hopefully we'll have Robbie back. If not next week, it's it's, it's something we're working on is building this new part of our show. Yep, it's going to be fun. So what we're going to get into, though, starting next week is we want to start exploring elements of the theology of the Force. Yep, I'm really excited about that. And so we will, I think we can have some really good, deep conversations on both the light and the dark side of Mm -hmm. the Force, and we'll see where it goes. Do you have anything you'd like to share before we go? Um, Well, you can find me on Instagram, uh, princesses underscore and underscore Padawans. And I'm pretty sure princessesandpadawans.com is down at the moment because drama with hosting. But anyway... Eventually, it'll be back up. Yep. Both websites are down currently. Uh, Princessofpadawans.com and thesciencefictionary.com are both unfortunately down. Hope to have those back up early next week, but it's going to take, you know, Bluehost and my bank sorting some things out. (laughs) My name is Andrew Gore. You can find me running the Twitter account for The Science Fictionary and Course Night Radio Underground at Sci underscore Fictionary. You can email us at Course Night Radio Underground at gmail.com. And until next week, may the Force be with you.